Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. But again, that's P-O-D. S-U-R-V-E-Y.com slash she. Thanks for your help. If you're in a cyclical stage with your hormones and you have an average, let's say 28 day cycle, you know, men go through with a similar cycle on a daily basis. Women go through a cycle on a 28 day basis, which means that our hormones are not the same in both stages of the month. So if you check my progesterone, when I'm in my follicular stage, my progesterone is at a lower point Mm -hmm. and my estrogen is higher. It's not going to look very good. Mm -hmm. But if you check my progesterone on day 21, for example, when my progesterone should be at a higher point, Mm -hmm. then you can get a better picture of what's happening, but that's still not telling you, let's say my progesterone is off. It's not telling you why. So Mm. did I not ovulate that month? Was my estrogen more dominant? So you really want to look at your entire cycle and you Mm. also want to see the metabolization of those hormones to really see what is actually happening and what's the deeper picture here. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Brooke, welcome to Sheep. Hi, I'm so excited to chat with you. Me too. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've been looking forward to it all day, so I'm excited to jump in. But before we do that, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and your personal health journey? Yeah. So I have been in the health field in some way, shape, or form for almost 16 years now. I started as a personal trainer in my young 20s. I don't want to give away my age, but <laughs> and midway, I mean, I think in your young 20s, a lot of at least my focus was looking good in a bikini and how my clothes Mm -hmm. fit. And that's really all I really cared about. So when I looked at food, a lot of it was just really centered around, did it make me fat or skinny? Mm -hmm. And you know, what was the calorie focus? (laughs) And midway through my career, I left a pretty unhealthy relationship. And less than a year later, my dad passed away from Uh. cancer in a very, very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And my body just went into what felt like a spiral Mm -hmm. in that timeframe. So I was personally struggling with all the things that I was taught of everything is calories in and calories out and just do this and, you know, just work out uh, more and eat less. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this isn't working for me. I'm doing this great. And my Mm -hmm. body feels awful. It doesn't feel like it's mine. And I was seeing it with a lot of my clients. So I really started to make a career shift. I went back to school for a two-year functional practitioner program. Soon after that, met my husband and we started to, you know, try having kids and I started seeing this whole other level of things that weren't getting discussed with women around hormones and your health and just overall how those things relate to how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's what really led me making a little bit of a shift in my career Mm -hmm. into now running a business and working with women in a functional way. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy how like stressful events in life and that coupled with 
this kind of like rigid calorie, whether that's restriction or, you know, trying to burn it off or whatever, like that can really tax our adrenals and have such an effect on our overall well-being. And so it makes total sense. Like, as you say that, I I can think of times in my own journey where I can look back and be like, oh, that's what was happening there. Yes. But yeah. yeah. And, and so I'd be curious, like, how does your nutrition, exercise and lifestyle look different now, especially as a mom? And what tips do you have for still being active and focusing on nourishing your body while being busy and being a busy mom, a a busy person, how has your lifestyle changed? And what would you, what would you recommend for staying active and supporting your body in a more holistic and healthy way? Yeah. I like to relate it to like a stress cup. So if you take Mm -hmm. a cup and every time you have a stressor, whether it's, you know, physically, mentally, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and you pour a little bit of water into that cup, the name of the game is don't let the water flow out of the cup. You want to keep Mm -hmm. that cup balanced. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what we start to see happen is, especially after having kids, our life stressors have significantly shifted, Mm -hmm. but we try to still do the stuff we did before Mm -hmm. we had all those things. And well, kids are an amazing thing, right? But there's an added capacity that's been added on Mm -hmm. to us that we have to learn to try to keep up with. Mm -hmm. And the things that we were doing before will not work the same because our life is not the same and our Mm -hmm. capacities and stressors are not the same. So it's really learning to adapt. And we teach a lot of what we call like a foundational need. So foundational need is really going back on like, how do you want to feel Mm -hmm. in your body and in your life first, Mm -hmm. instead of you know, am I doing everything perfectly and dotting all the I's and crossing mm-hmm. all the T's? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, yesterday, we are, our son is almost three and he was homesick and I had a workout, which meant that I wasn't getting my workout in like it was planned. But mm-hmm. I still was able to do a workout and involve him in it and just mm-hmm. make it fun. And then day just became centered around like, how can I be active with him today mm-hmm. instead of like, how can I get a perfectly done workout mm-hmm. in today? And when it comes to food, especially as a mom, we have kids that are at a very picky age. So a lot of it is centered around like, are we able to get a protein and some color on our plate and a good quality fat? And maybe that's happening in eating out. Maybe mm-hmm. it's happening in meals at home, but the foundational need is still getting accomplished mm-hmm. in that time frame. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think it takes the pressure off a little bit to think of it that way too. Like what are the basic foundational needs, even if it's not perfect, right? Um, Yes. Okay. So another thing that kind of relates, I think, in tandem to this conversation about what does this look like as a busy mom? I know pregnancy and postpartum are two unique seasons that really can affect our bodies, our health, our energy, all of that. How would you say these seasons affect both our hormones and our nutritional requirements? Yeah. A lot of times we focus on the hormones, but actually like and when I say hormones, a lot of people think sex hormones, mm-hmm. right? But actually think of like your stress hormones, pregnancy and postpartum, like pregnancy itself, your body is creating a human mm-hmm. and then you are birthing a human. It's a major life event. Mm-hmm. And we undervalue it. We don't, you know, we overlook and think like, oh, I just had a baby. It's time to start working out. And I'm like, but your body just went through a major thing. Mm-hmm. So actually really critical to support your adrenal function and your entire endocrine system in that time frame, and really taking some time to just really tune into what you need rest as weird as that sounds when you are in a season of a lot of young kids that don't want to rest, but prioritizing really nutrient dense bioavailable forms of food, like quality source, proteins, vegetables, fruits, things that are going to be easier for your body to digest, break down and use those nutrients from and really focusing on just tuning back into 
restorative movement, mm-hmm. restorative rest, restorative like uh, capacity, and really taking, even if it's asking for support, mm-hmm. but taking the load off mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. Whether it is asking for help, if it is taking, you know, if you were doing a lot of workouts that were, I guess, overdoing it on your body, mm-hmm. pulling those back a little bit mm-hmm. and really giving your body the time to fully recover. If you're pregnant for, you know, nine to 10 months, that six week marker is not the marker where your, your body's done. You're actually postpartum for up to two years. So mm. really fully easing yourself in, in that time frame can be critical. Yeah. I think that's so, I, I'm so glad you said that, especially to someone like me who's close to being postpartum, because it's such a tempting thing that I know so many of my friends have struggled with, even like looking ahead to it. I'm like, okay, when can I like get back into my, you know, yes. normal, whatever. And it's almost like your, your normal almost has to shift a little bit for a while. And being reminded of that, I think it's freeing and also encouraging because I don't know, I think especially for like ambitious people who have goals and, you know, have always kind of been like a checklist lifestyle person of like, okay, what do I do next, next, next to kind of lean into the slow and lean into the, the process of like healing and supporting your body and supporting this new human and maybe not achieving as much or getting to your goals as quickly. Like that's something I think we all need to be reminded of, especially the personality types like mine. So I'm I'm glad that you said that. Um, And speaking of that, in terms of just like the ambitious kind of like goal oriented side of things, busy, busy mom, et cetera. I think a lot of women face stress on a daily basis. I know I do. So I think it's important to talk about that and the nervous system. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious if you can talk about the difference between the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems and how stress affects them and what we can do to really work around our stressors and support those systems better. Yeah. A hundred percent. I I mean, same as you being a business owner. I think that's just like innately in our blood mm-hmm. a little bit too, um, which is also an amazing thing. I tell a lot of our clients, I'm like, the thing that makes you super successful in some areas of your life <laughs> can also be the detriment in other mm-hmm. areas. Right. Um, so you just have to really learn that ever ending word balance of like, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. And when you look at your nervous system, especially those that like us are busy business owners mm-hmm. or, you know, going in 20 directions or even just a mom who is home with their kids. A lot of these women were spending time in what we would call sympathetic overdrive. Mm-hmm. And really what that means is your sympathetic nervous system is essentially your fight or flight. Like Mm -hmm. that is when you are up and about to do a task or you're about to give a presentation, like that is your sympathetic nervous system working to Mm -hmm. keep you in that fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. Parasympathetic is your rest and digest state. Mm -hmm. So that is essentially where we want to be when we're sleeping, when we're eating a meal, that's where we want our body to have that time to fully recover. Mm -hmm. And you need both. Both are important. One's not worse than the other, but what happens, especially in today's day and world where we have technology, computers, phones, TVs, you know, kids screaming in the background and we're Mm -hmm. always on the go. The idea of sitting and doing nothing is almost torturous to Mm -hmm. some people Mm -hmm. Um, because we are so used to spending time in sympathetic overdrive that we're not used to getting back into that parasympathetic state, which has significantly negative impacts on our body and Mm -hmm. how our, our gut functions, especially how our sex hormones function, how our adrenal glands respond to things. So what's really important is we're all going to have some sort of sympathetic state in our day. Mm-hmm. It's really important to tune back into, even if it's for five minutes, mm-hmm. what is something that's more parasympathetic focus that I can do? If it's doing a mini breath work before bed or reading a devotional or doing some journaling or you know, sitting and doing some yoga, or even if it's just taking a walk outside with no phone attached mm-hmm. to you. Small little things. I tell our clients, these are like non-negotiable things to bring in your day. How it's done in your day is very flexible. Mm-hmm. 
That's so good. So good. You know, I never actually understood the difference between those two things. So that's actually really helpful <laughs> to have explained because <laughs> we hear, I've heard those words a million times. I'm like, I don't actually know what these things are. So thank you for kind of differentiating that and also providing yeah. some guidance on that. And I think kind of in tandem with that, I want to talk about our foundational needs a little bit because you mentioned this even when you were answering the question about kind of like the busy mom, the nutrition, all the things, lifestyle, yeah. et cetera. But let's just go back to the basics for a second in terms of what are the foundational needs that our bodies have? And what are some of the ways that we can take sustainable action to meet those needs without it being like overly stressful trying to reach them and, and to support them? Yeah. Yeah. We'll go to the the first simple ones when it comes to nutritional standpoint. We need to have adequate <laughs> hydration in a day. And actually a lot of people don't actually absorb a lot of the water that they're taking mm-hmm. in. So adding in some sort of electrolyte into your water, whether it be like a little pinch of sea salt or Ultima LMNT brand electrolytes, those are all like great options, mm-hmm. but hydration is a critical one. So from a foundational need standpoint, we need to drink enough water. Ideally, you're drinking water between meals, not during meals. So you're not mm-hmm. disrupting digestive function. Huh, that's um, interesting. I've never heard that. Yeah. Can yes. you when you drink that, a lot of water. Yeah. So you actually have acid in your mm-hmm. stomach mm-hmm. that actually helps to, you're not actually digesting in there, but churn and burn your food. If we're drinking a lot of water between a meal, we can actually be disrupting that acidic breakdown process of mm-hmm. our food mm-hmm. and that can impact our digestive function. So huh. yeah, it's better. Like I tell our clients first thing in the morning, when you wake up, grab some water, then try to drink it between your meals. Not mm-hmm. during is going to be a good time. Okay. Protein is essential. How much protein you take in, there's a lot of numbers out there, but how much protein you take in can be varying on the person. In general, I tell clients, you need to be looking like a palm to maybe hand-sized portion of protein three times a day. It's a really good range to be aiming for. Essential fats. So... I grew up in Snackwell's generation where Mm -hmm. everything was like fat free. And (laughs) so fat became like a Mm -hmm. taboo thing, Mm -hmm. but we actually need it. And it's critically important to hormonal function, brain function. So taking in at least like one to three tablespoon sizes per meal of fat can be a really essential to help support just overall energy and overall satiation from a meal standpoint too. Mm -hmm. And then fiber is one that doesn't get talked about as much, but for many reasons, fiber is important for pooping. We have to poop on a daily basis if we want healthy hormone function. It's also healthy to help eliminate toxins in our system that we're all going to come in contact with. So those are from a foundational standpoint, some of the most important things to be taking in regularly. And then, you know, foundational needs, like I talked about the sympathetic nervous system, balancing your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic system on a daily basis is really important from a stress standpoint. Mm -hmm. Moving your body regularly, you don't have to be in this perfectly done workout program. That's great. But Mm -hmm. even just getting out and taking walks regularly and just getting frequent, mindful, consistent movement, those would be what we call like foundational needs for everyone. And how you do them can be variable. Like I said, yesterday, my son was homesick. So it was just like, how can I have fun with him and move around with him Mm -hmm. and do something that way? Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at that, those are the most foundational needs for most people. And then we can always give and take those based on what somebody's individually got going on too. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. That was really like easy to understand. And I also love that you kind of broke down like your actual, like an, an estimate for like, what should your protein intake look like? What should your fat intake look like? And I'm also glad that you mentioned the thing about fat because it really has been demonized. I think a lot of people are still afraid to eat fat, but I'd be curious, like, okay, when you're talking about fat, what are some of the best sources for that? Because it is such an area that's, I think, misunderstood. I know 
from what I've learned, like really sugar's the bigger culprit, like, but it was for so long, like pushed that fat was the culprit, but yeah. in terms of causing like heart issues and stuff, but, um, what would you say are like good sources of fat for somebody who's like, I don't even know where to begin with that. Yeah. So you want polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, instead of, you know, trying to figure out what those words really mean, mm-hmm. just think like butter is actually a phenomenal source of fat, mm-hmm. ideally from like pasture-raised sources, but butter can be a really great. Ghee is also another source of butter, but it just has a lactose remove that people can do, you know, avocado and avocado oil, mm-hmm. coconut and coconut oil, sesame olive, olive oil, and then like flax seeds, chia seeds, all like nuts and seeds options. Those are all phenomenal sources of fat. And then I'll even tell our clients, like my favorite is like dark chocolate, especially mm. when you're around your cycle. Like mm-hmm. those can be really great sources of fat too to be taking in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always like forget dark chocolate is a form of fat. I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. That's great. Have you ever wanted to live a little bit more of a natural and holistic lifestyle for the sake of your well-being and your family's well-being, as well as to be a little bit more self-sustaining, but just felt really confused on where to start, especially if you can't just like up and move to a farm tomorrow? Look, when I first started my holistic wellness journey, I remember I felt so overwhelmed. There's so much information all over the internet nowadays, and it's so hard to discern and to know which brands are truly clean and how do I source food locally and where do I even begin with all this stuff, especially if I have a busy life and I live maybe in an apartment or a suburban life or I just don't have like goats in my backyard to go milk, you know, like how how do I do this? And, um, it can be really overwhelming. So what I did is I wanted to take the guesswork out of it for you because I think one of the biggest things that holds so many of us back is not only the financial side of it and the worry that it's going to be more expensive, but also the time. Most of us don't have months or years to invest in researching and reading labels and figuring out how to do that and doing all this research on our own. So we just don't, and we kind of get stuck. So what I wanted to do is create a quick start guide for you. And it's called the lifestyle overhaul guide. It is a step-by-step quick start guide to living a more natural and sustainable life. And it is laid out in a step-by-step format. It covers everything from budgeting for these changes to really reducing stress and creating a more sustainable schedule and lifestyle in terms of your time to cleaning up the products in your home and reducing your toxin burden, how to really start with that and what to prioritize and how to do that in a budget-friendly way to sourcing more food locally, shortening your supply chain, being less reliant on the grocery store and big food systems, and starting to really use the resources in your local community. I'm giving you all the best resources on how to find those things, how to source those things, and how to get started right where you are. So if that sounds like something you need, you can tap the link in the show notes on this episode, or just go to jordanleedooley.com slash lifestyle dash overhaul to check out all the details and grab yourself a copy. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And 
I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. I'm like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Okay, one other thing I want to talk about is on your Instagram, you shared eight signs that you've been misguided by nutrition. And I'd love to dig into some of them and tell us why these are misguided. So speaking of fats, one of those is you fear saturated fats and think butter is unhealthy. So you mentioned that's a really good source of fat. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, so it's more about the balance of fats that you're taking in. If you're eating entirely saturated fats, then we might need to have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? But saturated fat is not necessarily the like demonized product that people think it is. Mm-hmm. It's more about the balance. And um, when we're looking at saturated fats, there's a big difference between getting some fat from a quality sourced red meat that's partnered with some veggies and fruits and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you eating a burger that's also Mm -hmm. with like a bun and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So there's a significant Mm -hmm. difference in those two meals and it's fat in your food does not directly equal fat in your body. And Mm -hmm. cholesterol in your food does not directly equal cholesterol in your body. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of the the misconceptions come from is people think, well, cholesterol is an unhealthy thing, but cholesterol is actually a precursor to your sex hormones. Like you actually need cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So it's not an unhealthy thing. It's more about what's happening in the body when those things are there and the way that those things are being broken down. Interesting. Okay. That was, that, that was a really good explanation of fat. I'm like, I've never heard it said that simply, but yeah, it's so good. Okay. Another one that you talked about was you think red meat is unhealthy. These kind of like, yeah, you know, misguided myths, if you will. So let's talk about why that isn't necessarily accurate. Yeah. I feel like in today's world, this is a big conversation too, right? (laughs) Red meat is actually one of the best sources of heme iron that you can be getting. And there, we run into a lot of people who have iron deficiency and iron, you know, when we are looking at taking, and there can be people that have been like, oh, I've been on an iron supplementation for a long time, but I'm not actually mm-hmm. absorbing it. I'm like, well, that's actually a GI issue or the sourcing. Heme iron is your best absorbed form. Mm-hmm. So 
it's actually a phenomenal source, but it's also really high in B vitamins. It's high in other essential nutrients and things that we need, especially as women from a hormonal standpoint. Mm -hmm. So especially it's really good timed around your cycle when Mm -hmm. you're going to be bleeding to be taking in those forms of food that can actually help support your energy levels around those times of the month as well. Yeah. So interesting. I've heard so much like demonization of red meat. And I think that a lot of it has to do with like how you source your red meat, but red meat as a whole isn't necessarily like this detrimental thing that it's been made to be. So I'm, I'm thankful that you touched on that. Okay. Another one that you touched on is you avoid food groups like carbs altogether. Why is this a misguided yeah. nutrition like guideline? Yeah, there is a time and place sometimes when someone may have something happening in their body from a therapeutic standpoint where carbs may need to be temporarily removed from the diet. It should not be a long-term thing, especially as a woman. Carbs are essential for thyroid health. They're essential for hormonal health. They're they're your body's first source of energy. So they're actually a really important macronutrient. And when you are in a state of hormonal dysfunction, it may not be the right time for you to be trying to do a low-carb or ketogenic-type diet. And, and carbs, this kind of goes into the other one of like, when you say carbs, people think like bread, pasta, cereal, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Vegetables are carbs. Mm-hmm. Fruit is a carb, right? Mm-hmm. So people will say, I don't eat carbs. And then we'll ask questions and they'll say like, well, I just don't eat bread or pasta. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but you're, that means you're not eating a highly processed form of carbohydrate, right? right. right? Potatoes and things are still great and full mm-hmm. of nutrients and really healthy for you. So it's really just differentiating what is the source and how is it impacting your body? Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. Last one I want to ask about that you touched on is you think skipping meals is a good idea and try intermittent fasting. This is, I feel like kind of a spicy one because I feel like intermittent fasting is like so popular. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's not that I think it's a bad thing. There is a time and a place and there are people that it can be very appropriate for. When it comes to nutritional studies, the things that I think a lot of women don't necessarily see is that a lot of nutritional studies are done on men. Mm -hmm. And the way that their body responds to things and the way that your body does is very different for very good reasons, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of, you know, your body, if you're in childbearing years, is Mm -hmm. going to be more highly sensitive to things because of that. Mm -hmm. So when we look at intermittent fasting, there can be an appropriate time and place, but we run into way too many people who going back to the sympathetic overdrive and the parasympathetic are spending so much time Mm -hmm. that their body is tapped out and they're not in a place where they're able to respond to stressors appropriately Mm -hmm. in the way that they should. And bringing in intermittent fasting, anytime we bring in some sort of pulling nutrients away from the body, Mm -hmm. you're adding a stress on Mm -hmm. the body because essentially I'm sorry, calories are energy Mm -hmm. and it takes energy for you through the day or it takes calories for you to do stuff. So if I'm asking you to keep up with the same amount of energy demand, Mm -hmm. but I'm not giving you the energy for it, you're going to feel the negative implications of it. Yeah. Well, and I've also heard like the argument against it of like, you just fasted for like eight to 10 hours at night. Like, what what are we doing here? (laughs) You know? Um, So that's also part of it too. Like the idea of like skipping breakfast, especially for women, like it can create mess it can mess with your cortisol levels and all sorts of stuff so especially just like drinking i mean i I would be curious what your thought is on intermittent fasting or like skipping a meal but then having coffee in place of that because i've heard that can be like detrimental to your adrenals what are your thoughts on that yeah. And people will also state like, well, I'm not hungry in the morning. So intermittent fasting works for me. Like, mm-hmm. but the fact that you're not hungry in the, the morning problem. is actually, is the red flag, yeah, right? Totally. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. that's actually what we need to pay attention to because mm-hmm. that means that your body's already in a state of metabolic downregulation. Yeah. And then we're t- cutting calories even more and we're downregulating you more. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. But then the coffee in the morning 
So there's a couple parts to it. One, when we take it in, when you're increasing caffeine, if you're not having a good response to caffeine, you can be spiking your cortisol even more, which is not a bad thing necessarily. Mm-hmm. Cortisol is necessary, but we can actually be putting you into a state where your body's not able to metabolize mm-hmm. the way that it's it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. The other thing is actually digestively. When you're taking it in and you don't have anything in there, you can actually be well, essentially wreaking havoc in your digestive system too. Mm-hmm. So that's two big reasons why you actually want to have a little bit of food in your system before you're consuming mm-hmm. caffeine or you know the whole bulletproof coffee thing, not for this reason, but the reason it actually could be okay is mm-hmm. because it's putting something in your coffee that will mm-hmm. offset mm-hmm. how that's impacting your system. Yeah. You mean like the butter and stuff or whatever's in it? It's butter, yeah. right? Did I make that up? Ghee or it something? Is. It's butter. It doesn't taste that great. But yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Okay. I'm glad you've touched on that because I, I hear that a lot. I'm like, is this, is this legit? But okay. Another thing I want to ask about is tests. So for those who may be experiencing symptoms or, you know, things that are maybe feeling a little bit off, what tests do you typically recommend to determine, you know, what a personalized approach for your body's needs could be? Yeah. We first start with any client with just, you know, getting a symptom intake of what are they actually experiencing? What's their lifestyle like? Because mm-hmm. that can really help guide where we want to go. Mm-hmm. 80% of, you know, looking at things is the symptoms that the person is experiencing mm-hmm. and what their lifestyle and things are. So that will guide with testing. But, you know, we're looking at GI concerns. Mm-hmm. A GI map is a really effective way of seeing what's going on in the body. It's a stool-based assessment that will give us all the information that we need from a GI standpoint, Mm -hmm. blood work, a comprehensive blood work panel. I actually would not test sex hormones via blood work, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of other things that we can test via blood work that can give us a lot of good indications on how the body is metabolically responding. Mm -hmm. And then we can also look at like Dutch tests are a really popular one, but Dutch tests can be used in a really appropriate manner to assess the adrenals and the hormones and get a really good picture of what's happening in the body. And there's several forms of those. So Mm -hmm. which one we use would just depend on where the client is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Love that. I'm glad you also mentioned not necessarily like relying on blood tests for sex hormones. Yeah. And I, can you expand on just briefly why that is? Because I think a lot of people go to their doctor, they say, can you test my hormones? They're like, yeah, we'll check your progesterone. Give us your arm. You know, when it's like, wait, wait, that's not actually like yes. a, an accurate picture. So can you give us just like a quick overview as to why that is? Yeah. If you're in a cyclical stage with your hormones and you have an average, let's say 28 day cycle, you know, men go through with a similar cycle on a daily basis. Women go through a cycle on a 28 day basis, which means that our hormones are not the same in both stages of the month. So if you check my progesterone, when I'm in my follicular stage, my progesterone is at a lower point Mm -hmm. and my estrogen is higher. It's not going to look very good. Mm -hmm. But if you check my progesterone on day 21, for example, when my progesterone should be at a higher point, Mm -hmm. then you can get a better picture of what's happening, but that's still not telling you, let's say my progesterone is off. It's not telling you why. So Mm -hmm. did I not ovulate that month? Was my estrogen more dominant? So you really want to look at your entire cycle Mm -hmm. and you also want to see the metabolization of those hormones to really see what is actually happening and what's the deeper picture here. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. One other thing I want to ask about is any tips that you have for, this is kind of going a separate direction, but I think this is relevant because we all have lives and we do things besides just like live at home and eat well. (laughs) What, what tips do you have for enjoying travel and being social and eating out and those kind of things without, you know, totally derailing your nutrition or feeling restricted by your nutrition like habits? 
Yes, that's such a good question. We have this conversation all the time. The first thing I always tell people is the question you have to ask yourself is how do I want to feel Mm -hmm. when I'm on this trip or on vacation? And is consuming certain things going to align with me wanting to feel that way Mm -hmm. or not? So let's say you're going to be on vacation and alcohol is a big one that comes up. Do I like the way alcohol makes me feel and do I not want to consume it? Well, then that's your choice, right? If you, if you do want to enjoy a drink, right, then, then have one, but be aware of how you may feel for a couple of days afterwards and what you need to do to support your body there. Mm-hmm. When you're traveling, things that we'll do is, especially if you can like stay in an Airbnb or something along those lines is, We'll actually usually cook like breakfast or maybe have like to go things for lunches. And then we'll plan like what special meals out are important. If you're going somewhere that like there's a restaurant you're really looking forward to or Mm -hmm. just go and enjoy it. And you have to remember that this is maybe 10% of your life, Mm -hmm. right? So like you're not traveling all the time and eating out all the time so that you just let it be Mm -hmm. and don't stress over it. Sometimes the stress over having a drink or eating something that you wouldn't normally eat is way worse than you actually eating the food. Totally. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that (laughs) because I think we forget that. We're like, oh my gosh, what if it has like seed oils in it or something? It's like, well, it's better to actually get protein into your body or whatever and also live your life a little bit because yeah, you're so right. Being so stressed about it actually can have way worse effects. So glad that you said yeah. that. I think that's true across the board, not just when it comes to like eating out or traveling, like it's also doing your best and then you're having to rest in that because like you can make one better, your next decision, a better one is kind of the way I say it, like make, you know, as many good decisions as you can, but try to, do you feel like the 80, 20 principle, like is the best way to kind of think about this or the 70, 30 principle, like is 70 to 80% of the time you're doing the things to really support your body, support your hormones. And every now and then the 20 to 30% where you can't reach perfection or you have a, a drink or you have something at, you know, dinner that may not be totally in line with what you normally do. Your body can handle that, you know? A hundred percent. It's what you're doing majority of the time that's going to make the biggest difference in how mm-hmm. you're feeling and your overall health. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a time and a place where you might need to be a little bit more on that. And there's a time and a place where you can be less, but overall 80, 20 is a really good way to find, I hate the word balance, right. Mm-hmm. But to like find that balance between what you're doing and be able to enjoy. Now the problem becomes like people don't really realize what 80% is, Mm -hmm. what 20% is. So Mm -hmm. it's really just being aware of like when I'm home and I'm in control of things, then I am being aligned. And then when I'm out, that's where I have my flexibility Mm -hmm. and you have to decide where the flexibility is important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Okay. This has been so just I feel like clear and concise and informative and helpful and all the things. So thank you for everything you've shared. I'd love if you can tell us where we can learn more from you, where we can find resources that you share, all the things. Yeah. So my Instagram is where I'm probably spending more time than I should. It's, uh, <laughs> all of us. Brooke Rousey. Yeah. It's Brooke Rousey is my Instagram. I have a podcast called The Power of a Woman where I dive deeper into these things as well. And we have something we can send over for you guys. It's a good handout of like the 10 foundational things that I would really do if I wanted to feel really good in my skin mm-hmm. and how to actually apply them in your life. So awesome. I'll give you guys a link for that. Awesome. Yeah. We'll stick that in the show notes. That sounds great. Well, Brooke, thank you for everything that you've shared. This has been so good. And I just, hopefully really encouraging. I think it's been encouraging to me, even just reminders like this, you know, simple things to be reminded of, or even just new lessons to apply to your life and to your lifestyle. So thank you for taking the time and for sharing all that you've learned and your knowledge. I think it's so, so valuable. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. 
So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Anything less.